Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the inaugural episode of the Pure, Pure Finesse, Finesse Podcast. Podcast. Wow. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, oh, new beginnings for the kids. Just same level, guys, though. Jake and the money. Nothing new. Wow. But it's the same. It's the same content. Just a bit more flash and finesse, some might add. I, I would think so. I think more original, if you ask me. Just pure, if you ask me. New fresh look with the logos. Not bad. Yeah. If you do say so myself. Not on right now. I'm going to say it. Don't. It's the same content. So it's the usual Fantasy Fridays with probably the best division in football in the NFC West absolutely stacked wherever you look at it. It's going to be a long one because there are playmakers everywhere you look. There's names everywhere. So we're going to start off right away because it's like a lot of names to get through, like Jay said. We're going to start off with the Seattle Seahawks. So to start off with the Seattle Seahawks, we have the quarterback, Mr. Russell Wilson, Super Bowl champ. Uh, he had his, Last year, he had a 66.1 completion percentage with 4,000 110 passing yards, quite astonishing. He's asked me 31 passing touchdowns while only throwing five picks. He also rushed the ball a lot. On 72 attempts, he had 342 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. So like I've said in previous Fantasy Fridays, my top five uh, quarterbacks overall are all dual threat quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, being one of those dual threat quarterbacks, he is number three for me overall looking to be your top guy to choose. Uh, I think maybe an MVP candidate this year, people are saying, trying to go in there and make a name, not make a name for himself, but just down even more and just maybe grab the MVP title. Oh, MVP talks. Yeah. See it. Russ Wilson was the top scoring fantasy quarterback through week six, week six, week six of the NFL season last year. Like you said, he remains a force with his legs, but yeah, and he has not ranked lower than ninth among quarterbacks in rushing yards for his career. So I don't think any, he's not going anywhere with, with dual threat abilities at all. And he was ranked top three in passing touchdowns for an average of 33 and a third touchdowns per season in each of the past three seasons. So he's doing it, man. He should have, he, should, he really should have an MVP to his name. It's yeah. kind of shocking that he doesn't, on to tell you the truth. Yeah, and you look at previous years of the MVP breakdowns. This guy hasn't had an MVP vote. Not a ah, single vote. Ah. Oh, Jokes crazy. of the NFL. Yeah. But, yeah, he slides in my top five at number three in yeah. my quarterback rankings. I'm going to snatch him up. I'm gonna, just, just watch me. He's going my way. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to get him. <laughs> the mental erections, he's going on my team. <laughs> at mental tailback erections. position for the, the birds, we got – Chris Carson, who last year had 278 carries for 1,230 yards and seven touchdowns. He also added 37 receptions for 266 yards and two receiving touchdowns. He has missed a total of three games over the past two seasons, but finished fifth in rushing yards during both of those campaigns. Very efficient near the goal line for his career for a total of 18 career touchdowns inside the 10-yard line. And was I have him ranked 13th in my running back fantasy rankings as low-end running back number one or a high-end running back number two. I think he's going to be more 
running back number two because he's really not a household name. Like much yeah. of the other running backs are before him. So he could be a sleeper for that kind of perspective on it. But yeah, I like Chris Carson going into this season for sure. How run heavy offense in Seattle. Yeah, I, I like him too. I have him close to 13. I have him at number 12. So he's still going to slide in there. Like you said, he, he can be your top guy. If you're in a 12 man league and you're 12, like, and you don't get your guy and all the running backs somehow get taken, but you're going to have a few idiots who pick a quarterback who pick, who pick some, just some dumb picks, you know, like Nick McMeek and shadow who pick Patrick Mahomes in the first round. There's just going to be some guys like that. But, um, I still, I, I, I agree with you. He's going to be a reliable number two this season for sure. Yeah. A couple of sleepers. I like with Seattle having pretty deep in the running back position Rashad Penny. Is also oh. going to be on this back, backup. He's got 65 carries for 370 yards and three touchdowns. Obviously, he's not going to be your primary back in Seattle. But when called upon, your 2018 first-round pick from San Diego State has a 5.6, 5.26 me, yards per carry, which ranks third. His 2.05 yards after carry ranked 11th among 52 running backs and 150 carries since he entered the league. So he's getting – when he's when he's playing, he's getting some serious touches. And last year had two monster rushing weeks and back-to-back weeks at 12 and 13 with a stat line of 14 carries for 129 rushing yards and one touchdown Jeez. and 15 carries for 74 yards and one touchdown, but was injured the following week. So it kind of shitty how that kind of ended up his way. But, yeah, having 200-plus rushing yards in two weeks is no joke. So I have him 40th in my running back rankings as a bench role player. I think if Chris Carson gets hurt, Rashad Penny is going to be a nice pickup for anybody because, again, run-heavy offense in Seattle. Yeah, I'm at 41st, like out of my 41 running backs and a few sleepers. Huh. So I'm at 41st. And like you said, waiver wire, watch out for him. Anything happens to Chris Carson, Rashad Penny is going to be your guy to look out for. If anything happens to Rashad Penny, last, this <laughs> third true. guy on the list is Carlos Hyde from the oh, Ohio Carlos. State University who had a quietly great season last year, had 245 carries for 1,070 yards and six touchdowns. Man's get no, no recognitions. A thousand no. yard season. And he's your third string running back. He's got, he's also played for five teams and six NFL seasons. So he just like can't find a niche anywhere he looks. He and last down. year, yeah, last year linked 11th in the league with 245 carries and was ranked 30th in fantasy points last year. So, obviously, he's going to have to climb that mountain past two guys to get some measurable touches if he's trying to crack any fantasy roster. So, I have him ranked 55th in my running back rankings. As I think in some, as somebody he could probably pass up and get some minutes. Yeah, I don't have him in my top whatever, 41. I don't have him as a sleeper. But still uh... – <laughs> he's still a good running back, like you said. A thousand yard season, you can't ignore that. Exactly. So, and he's what the third string running back for Seattle. Exactly. That's kind of crazy. So maybe they'll get him a few touches. He could maybe be one of those bench running backs that you have just sitting on your bench all year. Get a few touches, put in a few touchdowns, pound it in. But we go to their series now for That's Seattle. <laughs> yeah, we go to their series now for Seattle, and their top guy. Oh. I would think their top guy is Absolutely. Tyler, Tyler Lockett. Last year had a career high 110 targets, caught 82 of those. Uh, 
never had higher than 71 targets before last year. So for him to get more targets and get more receptions, proving that he's a number one receiver on Seattle, that was good for him. Uh, he had 1,057 reception yards and eight reception touchdowns. He is going to be someone, one of those receivers to look out for as well. I'd see him as a good low end number one and number two uh, receiver you could pick up. He could be a great flex position if he falls to that position, but I don't see him falling that far. I'd see a lot people want to pick him up unless your friends or whoever's in your pool doesn't know what's going on and just says, oh, I want to pick five tight ends or some dumb stuff like that. So for that reason, I have him in the top 15 at number 14 overall. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett last season was fourth in end zone targets with 13. You can chuck that up for your eight touchdowns. Thank you very much. He's also finished second in catch rate and no lower than 16th in fantasy points in each of the past two seasons. His 18 touchdowns combined over the last two seasons are second most at wide receiver during those two seasons. So he's bringing up some serious productivity for the birds, but I run heavy offense in Seattle. It's kind of shocking. He got a thousand yards, but kind of, I would like to say it was his breakout season, but I think everyone knows Tyler Lockett's name pretty well. So I have Mr. Lockett at 18th in my wide receiver rankings as obviously a high end wide receiver. Number two, I would not have him as my primary receiver in my fantasy lineup. Sorry, bud. Got the lower lower call here. But then another receiver that we have is Big Mons. Kind of resembles me and Bill, actually. Big Mons. Big Mons, DK Metcalf. And the rookie out last year, he had 58 receptions, but he was targeted 100 times. So he's getting a lot of targets. Russell already wants to throw him the ball a lot. He had 900 yards receiving and seven touchdowns. Um, Not bad, if you ask me. Uh, he did try to run the ball in two attempts. Didn't get, didn't do too well. How that worked for him. But I think he's going to have another good year with, uh, like you said, the run heavy, run heavy offense. Still, when they need to, they're going to be able to throw the ball. And DK Metcalf is a big body who's able to get up there, make those catches need be. He's still a rookie, so he has time to. Hopefully, he stays clear of injuries. I don't have him in my top receiver rankings. Really. Or, or in my sleeper what? picks even, but wow. I would still consider him a sleeper to pick up on. Uh, a lot of people forget about DK Metcalf and how like yourself, how much of a monster he is. Yeah, like myself, but I'm not really targeting him for my fantasy rankings. But oh. I, I have other guys in mind. If he came, if he came to me and I had no other options, I would pick him. I no other a, options. I, I have other people in mind here. Okay, I I'm not I'm playing this game. Wow. I know which teams like to throw the ball, which teams don't. And like I said, he was targeted 100 times, only caught it 58 times. So still, I'd still consider him a sleeper. Obviously, you hear me sleeping on him right now, but yeah, that's my... Mr. DK, coming off a rookie season where he played on 83% of Seattle snaps. So he's going to be out there and was responsible for 30% of the actual throwing errors that Mr. Russell Wilson threw the ball for. So come on. Like, and he also paced the NFL with 19 end zone targets, which were three more than his closest competitor. And if you're thinking fantasy points, that's an easy six, seven in PPR. And he was fantasy's number 33 overall wide receiver last year. But to Malcolm's credit, 
he only had one top 12 fantasy week and he had seven fantasy weeks where he finished 40th or worse. So it's a bit of a gamble to take DK, but I have him, I have him ranked as number 26 as a, yes, sir. You heard it here first. Uh Uh-huh. Pure finesse. There's nothing finesse. Oh, guess what? I, I do have him ranked. I just skipped over his name. But guess what number I have him at? That last? 26. You're a b- <laughs> Get out of here. This guy's an idiot. I wish I could screen share with, with you right now. I'm not going to type his name in or anything. Look, was, okay, hold on. I want to go double check. I want here, to go, go. Do it. I can actually. Unbelievable. This guy. Mm-hmm. If you look. Can you see it? Yes. You can see right down here. 26, DK. And I have, a I have emboldened to. I've had enough of your crap. I, just, I was looking over at ESPN stats instead. I wasn't even looking. But yeah, so. 26. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, man. So as one likes to agree with another, 26 in wide receiver rankings as a He's mid good. to low end wide receiver number two. I think he's going to go a lot higher in drafts just because of his name is DK Metcalf and he's an absolute machine. So I think a lot of your bird players that know nothing about football are taking DK Metcalf pretty high because they know DK Metcalf's name because he's an absolute monster. So I think he's going to get overdrafted in most most of the leagues. I still almost a bench. Absolutely. But as we speak to more overrated players, we have the Seattle Seahawks tight end in Greg Olson, who last year had 52 receptions for 597 yards and two touchdowns. Honestly, I think he's going to be a surefire Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. He's missed about half of both the 2017 and 2018 seasons with various injuries. So in 2019, despite missing two more games, Olson finished sixth in tight ends and routes and 11th in targets, receptions, and yardage. So I think he's still got a lot more to give. But honestly, I don't, he's not Pro Bowl caliber like a lot of people still have them ingrained in their heads. So last season, he was the 13th best tight end in fantasy. I have him ranked 15th in my tight end rankings as a back end tight end numero uno. Because I, I think he's got a lot more to give. And the Seattle likes to use their tight ends in a lot of various ways. I think, you know, to be tight end shine is like Luke Wilson came out of nowhere. I think yeah. his name was Jacob Hollister last year. Hollister is good, yeah. He was came out. He's another diamond in the rough player that really developed in Seattle. So I think I think they'll find a way to find Greg Olson shine. Yeah, uh, Greg Olson for me too. Uh, I have him at number nineteen. I have him lower. Are you, are you back? Oh, we're back. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, where was I? Greg Olson going to be a Hall of Famer, blah, blah, blah. He's dying off, um, but still a tight end in this league and the number one tight end for the Seahawks. So he's going to be getting those receptions still. Wouldn't need be for Russell Wilson. Um, but yeah, I have him num- number 19. I would have, if you have like a tight end two, some people do, some people don't. I'd say tight end two or waiver wire tight end. I right, wait for placement. Yeah. 
So we have San Francisco's kicker, hmm, Jason Myers, right? Correct. Okay, so last year he went 40 for 44 points. He went 20. The 49 one of those ones, but then he was perfect. Oh 20 to 29. So, Myers, I still think he's going to be a decent kicker, but I have him at number one. He's a starting kicker. You wouldn't, ex- I don't expect anyone to like when you have your last pick in your draft and you pick a kicker or your defense, even sometimes. Um, I'd say Jason Myers. And you're, uh, when your kicker's on bye week, and then go pick up Jason Myers if that happens. Yeah, just for a disclaimer, the Wi-Fi is taking a beating tonight. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. But Jason Myers, I think he kicks a lot of field goals for Seattle, so I think got to take that into consideration. And I think he's, I think he's been money this year. You know, I got a little hunch. So I have him eighth in kicker rankings. He's got the leg for it. Fix the accuracy. You have no fans, so I mean, maybe you'll calm the nerves down. But yeah, he's got the yeah. boot, so. And we're back to the defense now in Seattle, who was kind of subpar last year, who had 28 sacks, 16 INTs, 16 fumbles, three touchdowns, 368 points against, and 6,106 yards against. They finished 17th last year in fantasy, which marked its worst finish since this is crazy. 2010. Wow. It did rank third in the NFL last season with 32 forced turnovers, but allowed the seventh most yards, 19th most points, and finished fourth worst in sacks. But they added some nice pieces last this offseason with, obviously, arguably the best safety in football in Jamal Adams. Drafted first-rounder Jordan Brooks, brought Quentin Dunbar, and brought back Bruce Irvin. So they kind of solidified linebacker with him and Bobby Wagner. It's going to be absolute force. And there's also been rumors about signing, again, re-signing, I should say, Judavian Clowney or signing Clay Matthews on the edge, which would be a great add because really that's where their weak spot is right now because their secondary is kind of solidified with Jamal Adams. Linebacker is pretty solid and Wagner and Bruce Irvin. So really it's the front seven that bring issues to me, but I have him just ranked 15th in my defensive rankings, and that's just because of the addition of Jamal Adams. Yeah, I didn't have him in my top 16. And with the addition of Jamal Adams, I would have to say they'd rank 16 and 15 as well. But like beforehand, I'm, I'm being honest, like I didn't have them ranked. So, but adding that guy, uh, like you said, having their linebacker positions, like, well, taken care of, if you need to show up this week, this this year and hopefully prove everyone wrong that they're like a lot of people are saying oh they're not Super Bowl contenders a lot of people do believe that they actually are Super Bowl contenders but uh with their offense and defense now kind of loaded I don't see why not I don't see why they can't make a run for it but I'd have them 16th ranked defense and we move along now to the next team and that's going to be the Arizona Cardinals 
for the Arizona Cardinals, they have their young buck quarterback, Mr. Kyler Murray. Sound like you're 55 of that statement. <laughs> Kyler Murray. Young buck. Young yeah. buck. Young Buck, Kyler Murray had 64 points, 64 completion rate last year, uh, 3,722 passing yards with 20 passing touchdowns and 12 INTs. He also rushed the ball 93 times for 544 yards and four rushing touchdowns. So not so bad, did better rushing than Russell did, and he's younger, but he's smaller, this guy, and Small to say the least, it's pretty tiny for the NFL. But he can stick. stick and he can he's fast. He's a speedy little guy. So I have it, him inside my top ten. Surprising, he's oh, there's so many dual threat quarterbacks. And this is another guy, but he's not top five. He's number seven for me. So just outside the top five. Uh, I think he's gonna have a breakout year this year with this. Well, oh, if we get to the weapons he's got. Yeah, we'll get to the weapons he's got, but I think he's going to have a breakout year because of the weapons that he has now, and it's just going to be an offense that, that Cliff Kingsbury is going to love. He's so no sophomore love. slump for Kyler Murray, eh? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to pull Baker. Murray last year had only a 6.9 yards per attempt last season and took a league-high 48 sacks. So I think you can learn a lot from last year and when and when not to get out of the pocket and do his thing. Because I think, as we saw last year, he gets run over. He did lead the team to having three-plus touchdowns in eight of the team's final 11 games. So it's pretty solid. Pretty solid stat to have you were a fantasy owner on Kyler Murray's part, having three scores to his name. And he was that he was the eighth-best quarterback in fantasy points last season. So I think he can only go up from here, like you said. So I have him ranked sixth in my quarterback rankings as a high to mid-end quarterback number one. I think there he's going to be the best quarterback in fantasy this season, value-wise. Value-wise. Wow. Value-wise, yeah, yeah. Because I don't think a whole lot of people are going to be looking at Kyler Murray to say, hey, like he didn't do much last season. Look at the team he was on. But yeah. I think he's going to have a good year this year. I agree with you there. We got running backs now for Arizona. We got Kenyon Drake, who last season had 170 carries for yes, 817 sir. yards and eight majors. And did pretty well catching the ball. Who had 50 receptions for 345 yards. After the trade from Miami, Drake went on to play 79%, which was 381 of a possible 483 snaps during his eight games with the team. He handled 66% of the team's carries, which was good for 15.4 carries a game, and 14% of the targets at 4.4 during that span, which I think is crazy. And that was good for the fourth most fantasy points in that span. That's including running backs and receivers, sirs and ladies. Sirs and ladies. Kind of crazy. So he's kind of your, again, prototypical workhorse. Can do both ends of the spectrum, running and receiving. And he's not a rook. Like, he's been in the league a couple of years. He knows, how to, he knows what to do. And I think Kyler Murray is going to be looking at more dump-offs and down the field because of his scramble nature. But I think Kenyon Drake is poised to have a huge – fantasy year so yeah. i have him ranked eighth and my running back ranking this is a tight end running back numero uno i have him ranked number 11 so just outside that top 10 but still uh that's a number one position for a running back like that's inside a, a lot of the time if 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 fantasy drafts went perfectly you'd have almost every for every like pick if it wasn't people like uh, your boy z's fantasy draft day eh? 
Who? Your boy, Paul. What about his fantasy draft? Uh, you want to talk about perfect drafts? What happened? He had oh. One. oh, yeah. He All had the players he has. Because he, he, he did like a mock draft against some bots or whatever. Oh, man. Like, who are they ever? Everyone's like, like who are you? Who are you? He's like, he's like boys, does, uh, does your draft look good? We're like, well, no, no shit that looks good, but who are you drafting with? Like, come on, man. Yeah. If it went, if it went perfectly, though, drafts would be uh, running backs, like, heavy. Because we're not doing PPR this year, apparently, for our league, which kind of sucks. I want a PPR. Don't worry, not... League of Idiots, as your commissioner. As Thank people. you. Thank you. But uh, if, the people. What can I say? If we weren't doing PPR, then in a perfect world, you'd be drafting running backs, and Kenyon Drake would slide inside there, in my opinion. They like slide inside, eh? Naughty, naughty. Didn't need Mr. That. DM Machine. Chase Edmonds we also have on the board for running back. He had 60 carries last season for 303 yards and four touchdowns. Only had 12 receptions for 105 yards and one receiving touchdown. But did have an explosive week seven effort against the New York Giants. Shout out Alex Lyon. New York Giants. Madagascar fans, where you at? last season in which he put up 150 yards and three touchdowns on 29 touches. So I bet a lot of people picked him up after that effort, but only touched the ball nine times the rest of the season. So that was pre Kenyon Drake. And then the week after traded for him. So it's tough coconuts for Chase Edmonds. Tough coconuts. Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. Okay, there, Mr. Marketing Genius. Chase Edmonds, if he gets the opportunity, I like him as a running back, but I don't think he's going to with the workhorse of Kenyon Drake behind him, or I guess in front of him. He is ranked 50th in my running back rankings as a bench player or waiver wire pickup. Waiver wire type of guy for me, so don't even, don't even talk about Chase. But uh, <laughs> speaking of talking about. Oh, we're going to get to meet out? Oh, uh, are we? The wide receivers, the big trade that happened this year between Houston and uh, the Houston, Houston Texans and Arizona Cardinals, sending David Johnson over to the Houston Texans. And Bill Bryant sounded away his best receiver. Sounded like a newscaster on this one. That he's <laughs> Back to you. Bill um, O'Brien of your uh, Houston Texans. I'll just get to him. His name is DeAndre Hopkins. If you don't know if you live under a rock and you're watching Fantasy Fridays. Uh, so DeAndre Hopkins, arguably the best receiver in all of football right now. Um, Yeah, we're back. So he had a hundred. DeAndre Hopkins had a thousand, one hundred sixty-five reception yards, one hundred four receptions. He's been targeted one hundred fifty plus times for five out of his seven uh, seasons. Is only two times that hasn't happened were the first two seasons, so his rookie year and his sophomore year. So this guy is someone to look out for. He's been targeted so many times. He's been able to catch the ball, put up the numbers. 
uh, he, he's a, just a threat overall, no matter what you do, just look out for him. And that's why he cracks my top five in receivers at number four. I have DeAndre Hopkins. And Mr. Hopkins over his past five season has been a top five fantasy wide receiver. So he's a pretty solid guy to bank on and has averaged 10 and a half targets per game for his career. Yeah. First time he's not going to be having this Mr. Deshaun Watson throw to him in a long time. And Kyler Murray's got the arm for it. So I think you could see some very big numbers for Mr. Hopkins, but it's going to be talk about. Hopkins has been throwing the ball by like Brock Osweiler and guys like that and still proven to be been like a really top receiver. I guess. But he's got to deal with the NFC West for six of his games, and he's going to be locked down against Richard Sherman for one, Jamal Adams for two, and who am I missing? LA? Oh, Jalen Ramsey for two. So you're going to see some wicked matchups and see who comes out the victor. But hard to ignore D Hop, so I have him ranked. Numero trois, third in my wide receiver rankings. Obviously, high end wide receiver one, and even a first overall pick worthy for your yeah. fans. He still is. If you feel like you believe in him, he could be your number one guy. He could but, be your seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth overall pick in ten man leagues. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another receiver. Obviously, you can't ignore him. He is the man. The myth. Larry Legend Fitzgerald on the Arizona Cardinals. Last year, he had 75 receptions with uh, 804 reception yards and four reception touchdowns, averaging 10.7 yards per game. And he had one. He had a long reception last year. 54 yards was his longest reception. Has um, he lasted that long? He he's been playing the game since 2004. 2004. You don't see a lot of guys being able to do that. This guy has more tackles than drop catches in his career. Uh, he's just someone to look out for. He's a good number two guy in Arizona still. They do have Christian Kirk as well. I was going to say, is he higher ranked than Christian Kirk in your books? I would. I don't have them ranked in my receivers, but I do have Larry Legend over Christian Kirk. I'm yeah. shocked. You, you stay shocked. Because I, I actually had Larry Fitz's stats because I didn't think you were going to bring them up, and I thought you were going to talk about Christian Kirk's stats. Really? Obviously, oh. why, why would I not talk about the legend himself? How am I not going to talk about Quite Larry strong. Legend Fitzgerald? Well, <laughs> since you put him up, Larry Fitz, 17th year in the show. How about you tip your caps off to him? Last year was 17th in the league in receptions with 75 aforementioned and never dropped a single one of his 108 targets. So how are you? But has not cleared the six-touchdown plateau since 2015, and that was for the last time the Cardinals were good. Yeah. So I have Mr. Fitzgerald ranked 56th in wide receiver rankings as a bench. I had Larry Fitzgerald last year. I mean, he didn't disappoint. I mean, he didn't really have, like, yeah, super unbelievable numbers. But he didn't have really terrible numbers. He was kind of exactly. in the middle of the pack. But I'm shocked. I'm shocked you're on top of Christian Kirk, who was the 29th best receiver in fantasy during his 13 active weeks and had a 24% target share. So he's getting the ball. He's getting the ball. Larry's better. DeAndre's better. Had four head zone targets, and he sh he should he was arguably number one last year in, in Arizona's wide receiver. Yeah. But, but now, Scott Hopkins isn't down, so he's got to come to compete for snaps. 
but I have him ranked higher than Fitzgerald and considerably higher. I have Mr. Kirk 37th in wide receiver rankings as a low-end wide receiver number two, but a mid-end flex. I like him as a flex. I like him as a flex. I love Christian Kirk as a flex because he's – don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Christian Kirk's bad because he's not. But I would have him as a flex, and I'd have Larry Legend over top of him. Larry Legend just – he has to ball out this season. I think, it's a, I think it's his last. Don't cry. You got tight end position, and mm. yeah. it's this name's Dan Arnold, who last season had eight receptions for 127 yards and uh, two touchdowns. It looks like a good intramural game for somebody. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he's probably not going to be the primary target anywhere you look at it. At running back, Kenyon Drake, wide receiver, you got D Hop, Kirk, Fitzgerald. So I think, uh, I don't know. But I think it could be huge in the check down game just because of the nature of Kyler Murray running the ball and losing everybody. And then I'll look, oh, I'm open. And then getting major yards. <laughs> so I have him at the very bottom of my tight end rankings as number 35, obviously, as a bench rule. Yeah, I have only 26 tight ends, and I don't have them in there. Uh, there's Dan Arnold, and there's, like, what, Max Williams. Those are the two tight ends that are really competing for that number one spot. Don't even consider them. Consider them as waiver wires on good matchup if weeks. If, if that, if that even, take that in. So uh, we're going to move along to the kickers now, and the kicker for the Arizona Cardinals is Mr. Oh. Zane Gonzalez. And Zane Gonzalez had 34 out of 35 extra points made last year. He kicked a good 88.6% field goal, hitting 31 out of the 35. But here are the numbers when you look at them uh, closer in depth. 2 to 2 from 50 plus, And then he was 5 out of 8 for 40 to 49 uh, uh, yarders. And then 12 out of 13. For 30 to 39, that's a lot of kicks inside 30 to 39. And then 12 out of 12 for 20 to 29. So we got a lot of opportunities to kick the ball close uh, uh, since Arizona wasn't able to put the ball in the end zone a whole lot last year. So he had a good job kicking those good clutch field goals. But he did make a lot of them very, like, very, very close. So I don't think he's going to have a better season than Jason Myers for fantasy-wise, for kickers, but I still believe he's going to be a good kicker, and that's why I have him at number 13. Uh, as my I have him kicker. exactly there because I don't trust Zane Gonzalez one bit mm-hmm. because of, I believe it was two years ago when he was the kicker of my Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Absolutely stunk it up for two games, and I'm self-released. So I think it's, I don't think it's hard not to count, like, as painful as it sounds, I just can't trust him because of how terrible he's played for two games. And it's in his it's in his game to do it. So hopefully it doesn't happen, but I can't trust him until he proves me otherwise. Because if you make more than three quarters of your field goals and it's inside of 40 yards, I mean, I think your numbers are pretty skewed. Yeah, that's true. We got, I think, an up-and-coming defense, though, in Arizona, who last season had 40 sacks, seven INTs, 10 fumbles, zero touchdowns. 424 points against yikes and 6,432 yards against I think they have some playmakers that I think could make some serious strides this season and some young guns and Hassan Reddick and Buddha Baker but they added a big guy who I like a lot probably the one that probably arguably 
the best defensive player in the draft in Isaiah Simmons, who's yes, going to play sir. everywhere for Arizona. Yes, and they already have established players in Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson. So I think if all the young guns and Riddick, Isaiah Simmons, and Buda Baker play up to their caliber, it could be a good defense. But obviously, I don't have them ranked in my top 15. But if they prove me right this year, I might have to consider them in my list for next season. Yeah, they're well, they're worth mentioning, like you said, with the Seattle Seahawks. Oh. They're still no, they're very good. Like the names that you listed, like they're very good names, high talented. We just don't know if they're gonna ball out and show up this year. So I don't have them ranked either, but oh, no. hopefully hopefully they'd prove us wrong. Uh we move along now to the reigning NFC champs from last year, the San Francisco 49ers. And for the 49ers, we're gonna talk about their quarterback, Mr. Jimmy G. Garoppolo. Uh, it's his, he had his first full season last year uh, prior due to injuries and then backing up for Mr. Tom Brady and whatnot. But he had a 69.1% completion rate with 3,900 no, 3, passing yards with 27 passing touchdowns and 13 interceptions. Uh, he also rushed the ball 46 times but only got 62 yards and he did add a touchdown rushing. Obviously not. A dual set quarterback, more of your pocket passer type quarterback. Um, the guy who doesn't want to get his face wrecked, quarterback. Exactly, yeah, that's all face value for Mr. Jimmy. <laughs> I have him ranked. I have him ranked number sixteen. I didn't like the fact how many interceptions he threw last year. Uh, it seems like it's at like every week. I don't know if I had him or a friend had him, but every week. Someone would complain, oh, Jimmy threw another pick. Jimmy threw another pick. Oh, there we go. He's going to cost me my week. I don't think he's going to throw as many picks this year. It's in his game to do it. He, yeah, he's capable of doing it. So that's why I have him ranked in the lower end, but not lower end. So right in the middle of the pack at number 16. I think a lot of people still have it in their minds of his NFC championship game performance where he yeah. threw a monstrous 61 yards. <laughs> yeah. So – with all that taken account of for, he did appear in six more than six games, excuse me, in a single season for the first time in his career. So, yay, hooray. And last season finished 14th in fantasy points, but was held to only four top 10 weeks. And 18 quarterbacks had more than Jimmy G. But he did have the fifth most touchdowns in the NFL at 27. And to his credit, was efficient with, like you said, 69% completion rate and 8.4 yards per attempt. But I think San Francisco didn't give him much opportunity when they run heavy offense, which was evident because he had 19th best pass attempts in the NFL. And like you said, not very mobile. So has a good O-line, so it can keep him off the sacks and does have a better than average set of weapons, which we will get into really quickly soon. And with that taken account of four, I have him ranked 18th in quarterback rankings as a mid to low end quarterback number one. I could still consider him as my fantasy star because the list of weapons that he has and the O-line that he has, yeah, yeah. it's hard not to ignore. We got tailback now for San Fran, who is Malcolm's favorite player for the latter part of last season was Raheem the Dream Mostert, who last Raheem. season had 137 carries for 772 yards and eight touchdowns, added 14 receptions for 180 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Really came on late last season, which was evident because he had 859 yards and 13 touchdowns and 133 touchdowns. 
during the Niners' final nine games of 2019, which includes the playoffs. So, big game performer. Mostert is averaging six yards per carry on 178 regular season carries for his career, which is best among 188 running backs with 150-plus carries. Come on. But I like I've pointed out, he's very minimal in the passing game, so the dual threat area is nowhere near evident. And he might be competing for snaps because of how loaded they are on running back. So I have him ranked 31st in running back rankings as a low-end running back number two, but a mid-end flex. I like him as a flex player. I think he's a good flex player. And I have him right behind you at 31 at 32. So he's right there, up there for a flex position. And who's the guy he's competing with for that position? Malcolm, save it, save it, save it. Because it's Mr. The former Atlanta Falcon and Tevin Coleman, who last season I think started off as running back number one with 137 carries for 544 yards and six touch, six touchdowns. Fuck. Got the hiccup. He had 21 receptions for 180 yards and one receiving touchdown. Run-heavy offense could see Coleman get more touches than he would anywhere else in the league. And just as a whole, 49ers backs led the NFL in rushing yards with a total of 2,051 and touched it at 19 last season. So I think he's going to get some touches whether you like it or not. So I have him ranked 33rd in running back rings. Again, low-end running back number two. Wouldn't take him as a flex because I just don't know how much touches he's going to get. I have him above Mostert, right in front of Mostert, at number 31. And I have him there because I think he's a very dependable player, fantasy-wise. I've had him in previous years when he had to take over for Mr. <laughs> Devontae Freeman. I had him he a couple years. still doesn't have a home, by the way. Yes, still. But uh, I still had him for a couple years, and he was good. He was a good flex player for me. It's not like he was some guy who would fall out. I wanted him to, and I put my faith in him, I think, a bit too much. Yeah, that worked out for you. Yeah, not great. But I still kept him as my flex player, and he was always a reliable flex player. So I think if Tevin Coleman still gets a lot of touches, we just don't know yet because he's competing with Mr. Raheem the Dream. Uh, Dirtiest nickname in football. How are (laughs) you? Disgusting name. This rolls off the tip of the tongue. Just as nasty as pure finesse, but that's just me. Not, not as nasty. Are you going to talk with the other guy? or oh, Am I? It's Mr. Jarek McKinnon. Didn't play last season due to injury. I think there's a lot of hype over this guy. Just because how good he played how, how long ago? Four years ago in Minnesota, it almost yeah. seems like. Yeah. But he that's hasn't so exceeded more than 160 carries in a season, so he cannot, he will not be a primary guy, whichever way you look at it. He might get some touches here and there because of how loaded they are on tailback, but I have him ranked 47th in running back rankings as a bench role because I don't see how a less injury bug hits San Francisco. I don't know how he moves up the depth chart. Sorry, something's playing right now. Don't know why. Um, but I'm going to get to the the usual. What the heck was that? Um, so can you not hear that? I thought you could hear that. We're going to talk about the wide receivers now for the 49ers. And the first one I'm going to talk about, I don't have any in my top 30. I'll tell you this right now. I don't have any, but that's because of Mr. Debo Samuel being injured right now. And 
I don't know about his recovery time. He's not going to start this season with the 49ers, but I'll get into a bit of Debo's stats. So Debo, rookie out of South Carolina, had 802 yards and 58 receptions for three touchdowns. So as a rookie, those are pretty solid numbers. And I think he's going to be one of those top guys um, to look out for. But we don't know because of his injury right now. He's not going to start. Um, But a guy that I like, uh, and I had him as my sleeper, as one of my sleepers, and he's a rookie this year uh, out of Arizona State, Mr. Brandon Ayuk. And Brandon Ayuk last year with Arizona State had 65 receptions, 1,192 reception yards, and eight reception touchdowns. So I think he's going to be another bet. If Debo is healthy and Brandon Ayuk is in and he's playing and he's starting, then I think those two will com- combine for a nasty uh, young duo, almost like a Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum type oh, duo, duo in, but in the NFL. Um, blow up Let's pump everyone else's tires. Uh, but I think that those two will compete well. But that's why I don't have Debo ranked right now because of his injury. If that's crazy not, talk. If not, if it's not for his, oh, you want to always look up for injuries. And if he's not going to play a first few weeks, I don't see why you would have him ranked so high. No. So that's why. Debo, I, from so weeks you, 10 you, through 17, yeah. played on 82% of the Niners' snaps, powered by 697 yards and four touchdowns. And that was good for the ninth best receiver in fantasy football last season. And had. The second best one after catch in all of football at 8.1. I love him as a dual threat option in that San Francisco offense. Well, again, once he returns from his foot injury. I think yeah. he's only going to miss a couple games. I don't think it's going to be anything long term. Yeah. Yeah. So I have him ranked 30th in my wide receiver rankings. Low end wide receiver number two, but a high end flex. I love he's him a flex. lot. Yeah, he is going yeah. to be one of my guys I'm targeting for. In the flex position, Mark Callender's. Try to steal him away from me. Good luck with that. But Mr. Ayuk from Arizona State, go Sun Devils, was, like you said, 25th overall pick in this year's NFL draft. I like him as he's a big body. So I think his best asset is post-catch production, who last season he had a 10-and-a-half run after catch. Not bad. Extra first down if you're doing the math. So I think he's going to flourish really well in San Francisco, even if Mr. Samuel isn't playing to start off. Because I think he's going to get the best cornerback matchup rather than Ayuk. So I have him ranked 53rd in wide receiver rankings. Again, he's a rook, so you don't know how good he's going to be out the gate. Sleeper. So, yeah, maybe he might be. But the guy who really isn't a sleeper and a bona fide all-pro for next year, Mr. George Kittle, who last season had 85 receptions for 1,053 yards and only five touchdowns, which is kind of shocking. Yeah. But finished no lower than fourth in targets, reception, yardage, run after catch, or fantasy points in each of the past two seasons. And like he's saying, played his way to a big money contract, which is only the hottest tight end, hottest tight end contract in NFL history. And arguably, really not arguably, he's the biggest weapon, the best weapon that San Fran has. So with that all being said, he is number one in tight end rankings. Oh, only that, that high-end tight end number one. He should be going quickly in drafts. I think he should be. Because when you think about it, he's not only a tight end position, he's a receiver. He's a thousand-yard receiver. Exactly. 
He's a receiver position. So if you're looking PPR, he's 85 receptions. That's 85 points right there in the year. And 1,000 yards reception. Not bad. Blah, blah, just, blah, blah, blah. just touchdown Tired. production needs to get up. Yeah. Just up to like Jay at night sometimes. That's the way it takes Viagra. But we will – Yeah, I yeah, was waiting all night to say that one, eh? Obviously, he – listen, just came and saw the opportunity. I'm an improviser. That's what, what can I say? But number one, obviously, tight end, Mr. George Kittle. Um, we'll go to the kickers now. And the kickers for the 49ers is Mr. Robbie Gould. And Robbie Gould last year didn't have a great season, but he did his standards. For his standards, he had 40 out of 40, 41 out of 42 extra points, 23 out of 31 field goals. So that was good for 74.2% on his field goals. He was 0 for 4 from 50 plus, so couldn't hit a 50 yarder. 6 for 8 from 40 to 49, 8 for 10 from 30 to 39, and 9 for 9. 20 to 29 yards but this is this is what i'm gonna say i think robbie gould is gonna have a season this season where he bounced back like chris boswell did after chris boswell had that screwed me in fantasy two years ago screwed yeah, me. When he got big he got paid big and then he messed up big time the year after he competed and he came back i think robbie was gonna have a bounce back year this year as a kicker and that's why i have him inside my top 10 at number six for my top kickers yeah, I actually have him right higher. Really? Yeah. Look at distribution. He only had nine kicks inside of 30 yards. Yeah. Like, most of his kicks were from deep because mm-hmm. Sam Pram was scoring touchdowns. Yeah, they didn't need a game. They didn't need him. <laughs> so, I think Robbie Gold, I think, has got a lot more to prove than what meets the eye because I have him right third. Three wow. Rankings. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And if he slides to me, I'm snatching him up. Absolutely. But really, the, the way that San Francisco got to the Super Bowl, it wasn't by their offense, Malcolm. It was by their star of defense. The last season, yeah. had 48 sacks, 12 picks, 15 bubble recoveries, five touchdowns, 296 points against. And I chalked it up. It should have been way low. But you can thank the New Orleans Saints for running them up to 40-plus points that night, which was an unbelievable matchup. And as well, 4,509 yards against. They ranked no lower than fifth in the league in forced fumbles, sacks, yards allowed, points allowed, and defensive touchdowns. So they can play some D. But they probably lost their best player on that front in DeForest Buckner. But they did replace him with a much younger and cheaper version of him in Javon Kinlaw. Oh, wait, only comes from South Carolina University. Go Cox. Oh, facts. Javon can look great. Was that first round pick too? Of course. Yeah. But like they have so many playmakers everywhere you look. Jimmy Ward, Sherman, Nick Bosa, Eric oh, Armstead, D Ford, Quan Alexander. It, it's just the yeah. list goes on and on. They're so I have them ranked number one in my defense rankings. Screw your Steelers. Screw your Steelers. They're number one. I don't even have them number two. I have them number three. Um, but still, they're a defense that you kind of have to look out for. The, Absolutely. The, the names that Jay just put out there, the list goes on and on and on. And when you, give like you, a that, you can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. And like Jay said, that's the reason why they won last year and made it all the way to the Super Bowl is because of their defense. Because Not because Jimmy threw eight for eight, 61 <laughs> yards. It's because of their defense, okay? Not because most are... 
saw the gaps of his line. It's because of their defense. Um, Mostert probably did help there a little bit in that game. But, no, because of their defense and their defense is good. So, number three overall, if you see them, pick them up if you have the chance. Oh. Once the Steelers are already gone, obviously. Uh, oh, gonna... So, what else? What other tires you want to pump up? Who else will be on? Oh, Montreal won tonight. Let's hear about that. What do you mean tonight? You mean two nights ago? But, uh, they play today at 1 p.m. I don't know how that game went. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about the last team here in the NFC West, which is the LA Rams. And the Rams quarterback they have from the 2016 draft, Mr. Jared Goff. 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 Okay, Siri. Um, he had a 62.9 completion percentage. And a career high in passing attempts with 626 passing attempts last year. Uh, also threw the ball with 4,638 passing yards. Quite impressive. 22 passing touchdowns, but 16 INTs. He rushed the ball 33 times for 40 yards, but had two oh, touchdowns. Yeah. Had two touchdowns out to his name for those as well. But what stands out there is the 16 INTs. And yeah, but... McVay so, runs a really pass-heavy offense. Yeah. So you're going to see that. That's why he had he, so many pass attempts. He had so off. many passing attempts, 626. You're bound to get picked off a few times. Exactly. So still, I have him my, I have him as your last-ranked quarterback in this division. Oh. So, yeah, in this division. Uh, so I have him at number 19 overall. I have him 19th as well. Yeah. Uh, Goff finished top five in pass attempts, obviously. Completions and yards. 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 <laughs> yards. Which helped him to seven top ten fantasy weeks, which was fifth most in the league. And respectively, he's finished 12th, 7th, and 13th in fantasy points during Sean McVay's three seasons. So it's a pretty good bet. But I think. After what they finished with last season, with I would think was a very disappointing season. I think they'll shift more running game than passing game than they usually do. I think they more balanced because, like you said, he's throwing the ball a lot and it doesn't seem to be working out for them. So I think it's going to be more that way. And their offensive line's got some question marks. I think last season they had I think two rookie starters due to injuries, so I think that didn't help the cause whatsoever. So I have Mr. Goff ranked 19th in quarterback rankings, like yourself, as a mid to low to end, low end quarterback numero uno. He might surprise, might turn some heads, like the return of form, and when he went to the Super Bowl, if you remember any of that game. But nope. we got running back position now. The rook Cam Akers from the Florida State University, Go Knowles, which was he was the 57th. 52nd overall pick in this year's NFL draft. It's good speed, 4-4-7, 40-yard dash, and I have very good strength having 20 bench reps at 225. How are you? And I think it's wide open to see who the running back is going to be to start off the season without Todd Gurley. So I think he's, it's his – is it not his job to lose? I think he's going to win it, and I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be an underestimated quarterback, and – like you said, with Jared Goff throwing the ball so much already, they're going to have to find a way to run the ball a lot. And K-Makers can be that guy and that difference maker in the running game. Yeah, he's probably been the best Florida State player since his time there. Because yeah. after Thomas left, it's kind of been a shithole for a football program. Hopefully, Deion Sanders goes and coaches there. 
But I have Cam Akers ranked 28th in my running back rankings as a mid to low end running back number two. I think a lot, again, a lot of people are going to sleep on Cam Akers, but I think he's going to turn some heads this season. Yeah, I'm at 29th, so right behind you there. And yeah, he's going to turn some heads. He's going to make a difference for the LA Rams in their running game, in my opinion. And we move along to the heavily loaded receiving core in. LA for the Rams. First off, we're going to start off with Mr. Robert Woods, who had 90 receptions. Kill me with his fucking voice, man. 90 Please. receptions on a career high, 139 targets. He had 1,134 1, reception yards with only two touchdowns and did have 115 rushing yards, 17 attempts, and one rushing touchdown. Mr. Robert Woods, I think the best receiver on this team absolutely yeah I, I don't think there's a question about it right now uh but some other some other receivers on his team do want to make uh a name for themselves and become number one on this team which they are capable of doing but robert woods i have him at number 20 overall for the receiving uh receiving class i have robert woods ranked 15th in my wide receiver rankings he was a top 15 fantasy receiver in the last two seasons. Targeted nine plus times in 10 of his 15 games last season and has never had a season above six touchdowns. It's kind of crazy. But again, I don't know. He's more of a, I don't want to say he's more of a slot player because the next receiver you're here to talk to is probably the best slot receiver in football. So he only had two end zone targets last season. So they obviously have to increase if you want to get touchdown numbers up. So, low end wide receiver number one, high end wide receiver number two for Mr. Woods. Yep. Uh, the next up, you have Mr. Cooper. Cup. And that's Cup with a K, by the way. Uh, he had 94 receptions on 134 targets, 1,000. So, more, more yards to 1,161 reception yards. It's only like 30 more reception yards than Robert Woods. And 10 reception touchdowns. So, he did have a lot of touchdowns. He was. Uh, that guy getting it into the end zone for the Rams. Uh, for that reason, I still have him ranked within my top 30, and he's at number 24 for me. Where do you have him? I have number 20. Wow, okay. Wow. 10 touchdowns is pretty hard to ignore. But yeah. kind of a tale, tell two stories last season for Cup, who during weeks 1 through 12 played on 87% of the snaps and handled a quarter of the team's targets. But – after week 12, those rates dropped drastically to 63% of snaps and only 15% of the target share. Thanks, Tyler Higby, for that. But this is crazy. I was fourth overall in fantasy points for receivers last season, obviously due to his insane touchdown production. So number 20 for Mr. Cup. High to, high to mid-end wide receiver number two, but I love him as a flex player. Love him. Yeah. And to finish it all off, I have – a sleeper in Mr. Brandon Cooks. And Brandon Cooks last year, he has been injury-ridden a couple of years, past few years. But last year, he had 42 receptions from 72 targets. He had 583 reception yards and two reception touchdowns. Uh, he also had six rushes for 52. What's so funny? It's a good thing Cooks is on the Rams. Oh, I knew he wasn't on the Rams. He's on the Texans. We got the tight end now for LA. 
Oh, I knew Tyler Higby, who last season had 69 receptions for 734 yards and three touchdowns. You don't know what time it is. Total 86. He's totaled an 86 reception, 844, 884 yards, and five touchdown receiving line in 58 games through Week 12 of last season. The rest of the season, Week 12 on, went on to produce only 43 receptions for 522 yards. Oh, excuse me, big numbers. 43 receptions. 522 yards and two touchdowns while averaging 11.4 targets per game. So he's getting looked more of a receiver than tight end. So he was the top scoring fantasy tight end by only 23 points last season during the span of week 13 on. So I have him ranked 12th in my tight end rankings as a mid to low end tight end number one. Yeah, Tyler Higby, I also have 12. Could have cut me off earlier beforehand. <laughs> I'm making a fool of myself. My fucking brain dead right now. But twelfth overall, Tyler Higby. Yes, he's still. Uh, I think he's going to be like a sleeper number one. Because like, no one knows his name, right? Exactly. So, I think he's going to slide and be able to be a good pickup for anyone who gets him. The kicker or no? Do you not have the other tight end you want to talk about? No, I don't. His ideas. And oh, he cracks my list right at number twenty-six. Mr. Gerald Everett. And More Gerald of a blocking Everett. tight end. Pardon? More of a blocking tight end. Still 37 receptions, 408 reception yards, and two reception touchdowns. That's one reception touchdown less than Higby. 300 yards less than Higby. But still, he can be out there. And I think if Higby gets injured, then Everett's your guy. So I say waiver wire tight end, Mr. Gerald Everett. Just want to throw his name out there. Don't go unmentioned. Kickers, no, don't talk, I don't talk about. Don't talk about. Mr. Kickers. Sam Sloman, baby. Oh, baby. Didn't play last season, but yeah, doesn't crack my top fifteen. Doesn't crack anything for me. I think, but some for a defense that's severely underwhelmed, it was this team. Barely, I didn't have a very good season. Fifty sacks, thirteen ints, eleven fumbles, four touchdowns, three hundred forty points against, and five thousand four hundred and thirty-four yards against. I th- fantasy's number uh, number nine scoring unit last season, but I think everyone was expecting much better numbers from them. But it did mark its third consecutive top ten finish and seventh finish of twelfth or better over the past eight. So they're pretty consistent. Uh, they finished eighth or better in forced turnovers and defensive touchdowns for a third straight season. And LA's eleven top ten fantasy weeks last season led the league. So if you're looking for consistency for defense. L.A. Rams, hello, hello. And seven of those ten games where they finished top ten was after Jalen Ramsey joined the team. So Jalen Ramsey, arguably the best cornerback in football, going to have some serious serious work ahead of him and a stacked NFC West division. So And obviously they have arguably a perennial defensive player of the year candidate in Aaron Donald, whether you like it or not. 99, not again. Oh, L.A. is ranked 12th in my defensive rankings. Same for me. Number 12, L.A. Rams. And that finishes it off for this week's episode of Fantasy Friday, your inaugural episode of the, of the PFP. Fernandez podcast. Oh, sportscasm, sorry. That is. And if you haven't seen the logo, that has the sportscasm. It's nasty looking. The emblem and all. Oh, bad. I just saw myself. <laughs> so, we appreciate you guys watching. Still on the road to 100. We're gaining subscribers every day, so we thank you for that. 
And make sure to subscribe, tell your friends, and enter the giveaway that's still going on for yeah. NBA 2K21. We'll be back tomorrow for the weekly recap. And till then, it's Jake and the money.